Hey listeners, this is Sarah Ashley of Nerds on Film. On February 24th at 5.30 Pacific Time, we nerds will be streaming a live commentary track for Hollywood's biggest night, the 85th Annual Oscars. Tune in to listen to us do what we do best, make jokes, and discuss movies. It's like normal Nerds on Film, but longer and in real time. We hope you'll join us for the big night, and you can find out more at nerdonomy.com. Sound check. Sound check. Check one, two. Eric? Eric, where are you? All by myself. Don't want to be all by myself anymore. Welcome to Nerds on History. I'm Brian Moriarty, and as you can tell, unfortunately, my co-host this week, Eric Brickmont, is not feeling well. So we talked it over, and we decided, you know what, we're, we need to keep on schedule. Um, and so I'm just going to do a very quick mini-episode for you guys solo. So welcome to a one-episode edition of Nerd on History. All right. We've been getting some awesome feedback from uh, our Facebook accounts, as we always do. And I just wanted to share a couple of nice pieces of feedback before we launch into today's topic. First comes from Michelle. She says, I just finished the latest podcast on bathrooms, and I must say, it was very fun and informative. However, the entire time I kept wondering if you were going to mention the ethnography called Nicerima. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. It is about the bathroom and health habits of a North American group. You should look it up. I'm sure it's something you would both enjoy reading. Well, thank you. We will certainly do that, and we already gave you our feedback directly, our response, rather, directly over the Facebook page. Thank you uh, for all the feedback we continue to get from our very loyal listeners base. It's because of you guys that you guys keep this podcast interesting. And (laughs) hopefully the solo episode for today doesn't scare you all away. Uh, As you guys know, we're heading into a really interesting tradition we have in uh, the United States and across the world. This week is going to contain Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day, to me, is always interesting because I grew up Catholic uh, we were always raised with the idea that Valentine's Day was based out of the feast day for St. Valentine, or probably Valentine, uh, because he was Italian. So I wanted to take a second and go over the history of that with you guys. First of all, um, there are actually three different St. Valentines that the Catholic Church recognizes, and they were all martyred, and they were all from approximately the early church. Um, one is described as a priest in Rome. Another is a bishop of Interama, which is near Tierney in Italy. And they were um, buried in the Flaminian Way. The other seems to have fallen into obscurity. Um, What is interesting to note is that in the Catholic Church, his feast day is on February 14th, as we all recognize it. But his feast day in the Eastern Orthodoxy is actually July 6th. And that probably has to do with closer to his actual martyr date. Um, The reason why we celebrate it on February 14th is because of a natural occurrence we notice with birds. Uh, in the Middle Ages, they noticed this, that around halfway between February, uh, birds would start to couple together. And it was, in fact, Chaucer in his Parliament of Fowls that he wrote, uh, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. So this idea of choosing a day to pick your mate or to celebrate the love of your mate came up from around this time period. The letter-writing tradition from St. Valentine's Day 
comes actually a little bit later. That tradition doesn't come about until about the 15th century. Um, and there is this tradition, this legend, that Valentine, or the Saint Valentine that we have amalgamated into this one saint, wrote letters to his parishioners while he was imprisoned by the Roman Emperor Claudius, is largely just that. It's just a legend. There's not really any sort of basis to it because we don't have any evidence to support it. You know, there's none of those letters still exist. It may have happened, but probably not. The tradition really came around just later on, and it was an expression of love. I haven't found anything in my research that shows a specific moment in time that brought it forward. We just know that it started happening around the 15th century. And I also like to take a moment to share some factoids about Valentine's Day. Wouldn't be a Nerds on History show if I didn't. Um, first of all, there are about 141 million Valentine's Day cards exchanged annually. So that's pretty kind of crazy. <laughs> and about half of them, about 50%, are purchased within six days of the observance of Valentine's Day. So that's kind of uh, funny. There are approximately 119 million single men who are in their 20s um, and over 100 single women, 100 million single women uh, of around the same ages. So pretty good odds, guys. All this has been according to the U.S. Census Bureau. So there are 34 men aged 65 or older for every 100 single women of the same ages. So if you are getting into your golden years, you have pretty good chances of finding a date. Um, a couple more weird statistics for you. There are 2.2 million marriages that takes place in the United States annually, and that breaks down to about 6,000 people a day. That's pretty cool. Uh, the U.S. median ages of a first marriage for women are approximately 25, 26, and for men, it's about 28 years old, respectively. Uh, the age of women rose about 4.2 years in the last three decades. Interesting. And the age of men getting married rose about... 3.6 years, and that actually makes uh, complete sense because my parents got married in their early to mid-20s, and I would say by 26, my dad already had two kids, you know, and, and I know Eric, he is approaching 28, and he's already married and got two kids, and he's been married for six years, so it, obviously the, the number changes quite a bit, but it is uh, interesting to see how the numbers don't change all that much. 70% is the percentage of men and women ages 30 to 34, this is as of 2008, uh, who have been married at some point in their lives. That's pretty, uh, pretty fascinating. There are also 4.9 opposite-sex cohabitating couples uh, as of 2005, and uh, these couples comprised 4.3% of all households. See, this is interesting because we live in an area where I know many people who are in cohabitating relationships but aren't actually married, and uh, I just find it fascinating because this is definitely showing that in the West Coast, in, or particularly in the Bay Area, it's a very different uh, number, I think. Now, I don't have any statistical evidence to back that up, but I, I would think that you would find a very different number than what reflects the rest of the country. Uh, let's go on with some more interesting facts, shall we? There are 1,241 locations in the United States that produce chocolate or cocoa products in 2004. And uh, these establishments have employed 43,322 people. Pretty crazy. California leads the nation in the number of uh, such establishments, and they have 30, 136 of those uh, locations. And then Pennsylvania has 122, which of course makes sense because Hershey, Pennsylvania is the hometown of the Hershey Chocolate Factory. So that makes total sense. 515 locations produced non-chocolate confectionery products in 2004. 
And these uh, employed 22,000 people. So we definitely love to use our candy. And a good portion of that comes from buying for Valentine's Day. Ever wonder how much we spend on flowers? Well, <laughs> in 2005, there was about $397 million in domestically produced and cut flowers. And California was the leading producer, alone accounting for nearly three quarters of that, which is $289 million worth of it. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and you know, what says Valentine's Day more than jewelry? Because uh, as of 2004, of course, this has changed since the recession, I imagine, there were 28,772 jewelry stores in the United States. Um, and as far as in February 2006, the stores sold $2.6 billion worth of merchandise. Holy cow. Now, here's what's even more interesting. In 2004, the manufacturer of jewelry was a $9 billion industry. So we're talking a third of the jewelry sold in the United States is dedicated to proposals or, you know, tokens of love. And, of course, wedding rings and what have you. And you can bet there's a lot of that that's going on on Valentine's Day itself. It's kind of cool. You know, Valentine's Day for some is a very cynical holiday. For some, it's a single awareness day. And for others, it's a very nice celebration of the love in your life. And unfortunately, the data we talked about tonight is very skewed toward opposite sex couples. And we, we try to stay away from politics on Nerds on History, and we certainly do in most cases. But um, this is a good opportunity for us to say, you know what, love is love. Whoever your mate is, whether they are a man or a woman, and you are a man or a woman, we really hope that you take the chance to show your appreciation and your love for that significant other in your life. And, um, you know, of course, as always, don't take our word for it. You know, the information you heard today came from two different websites. One is the Catholic Encyclopedia at newadvent.org, and the author of that was a man named Herbert Thurston. And, of course, uh, you can also find a lot of this information at the U.S. Censor, Census Bureau, and uh, history.com is the place that I used to pull that stuff up from. If you're interested, of course, in following us, you can follow us on Twitter at Nerdonomy. You can like us on our Facebook page and reach us through all of our other social media initiatives through our new website, Nerdonomy.com, including, of course, our new blog. And um, on behalf of Eric and myself, I just wanted to say happy Valentine's Day. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.